I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. No number of examples proves an argument. Stayallday.com. Stay exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreOldJay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. If you are loving the Work On Your Game podcast and you want to know what is the next step you can take to get further into this world, what you need to do is go claim your free copy of my newest book, The Third Day. In that book, I'm going to give you some simple performance formulas, brand new formulas that will help you be more consistent and disciplined and trust yourself more. And all of this with no willpower required. All you have to do is follow these new approaches that I'm going to give you about performing consistency and discipline you're going to learn to trust yourself perform at a high level build that reputation and you will not need to will yourself into working hard or any of that old stuff that you've been hearing from other people about consistency i'm going to show you the way to do it right i'm going to give you the book for free all you're going to do is cover the shipping just go to thirddaybook.com so that's my newest book third day i'm going to give it to you free all you're going to do is cover the shipping is a physical book the link is thirddaybook.com Many people have asked me, Dre, do you do any form of coaching? The answer is yes. I have two coaching programs open, as a matter of fact. First, my one-on-one coaching program is my third day mastermind. For those of you who want one-on-one personalized attention, where it's just you and I, we talk specifically about your goals, your challenges, where you want to go business professional-wise, where you're trying to get to, where you're at, what type of changes need to happen, whether those are tangible changes, intangible changes, starting with the being, then the doing. Of course, we got to get to the measurable havings. That is in my third day mastermind. My other coaching program is my Bulletproof Mastermind. That is my group coaching program where I will help you have clear, duplicatable systems for yourself and for your business and the discipline to execute. And I will help you make sure you have all of that stuff in place in 30 days or less. And then you're going to stick around the program even when you have your systems in place so that you can build your network, so that you can connect with other people, so that you can trade for services, so that you can make those phone calls and send a text message and get problems handled that you otherwise don't need to be handling yourself or would not be able to handle yourself. That is in my group program called the Bulletproof Mastermind. You can get information and join either program by going to workonyourgameuniversity.com right now. Again, that is workonyourgameuniversity.com for my one-on-one coaching or my group coaching program. For one-on-one, you hop on a Zoom call with me so we can talk about who you are, where you're at, and how we can get started. And the group coaching program, you can sign up right there on the website right now. Both programs, all information, all details, and get started by going to workonyourgameuniversity.com. 
You are now tuned in to the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative, which is the go-getter energy that moves all of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of wait for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, techniques, mindsets, all under the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that we call work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is examples do not prove arguments. Yes, you heard me correctly. Examples do not prove arguments. That is the topic of today's masterclass, and you'll understand exactly what that is and why that is as we get into today's topic. Now, before we get into it, let me tell everybody that I have a daily motivation text message, which I send out every single day to everyone who is in my texting community free of charge. All you got to do to get it is text me at my number, which is what I'm about to tell you, 305-384-6894. So if you want to receive my daily motivation text message, all you got to do is text me at that number. Again, the number is 305-384-6894. And once you text me there, you will be actually able to text with me directly. Anytime you can respond to any one of the text messages that I send out and you can engage with me directly right there. My number is down below in the show notes as well for anybody who happened to miss it when I was talking. So this topic here today. You heard me correctly. As I said, it, examples do not prove arguments. This is really what this is, a critical thinking discussion. Now, we've had some episodes on critical thinking in the last few episodes here. In episode 1827, I talked about it, and I had the episode Signs You Are Not a, not a Critical Thinker just a week ago in episode 2073. This is really about understanding that when you are trying to make an argument, you need more than just giving an example of something that you saw or something that you heard or even something that you have seen or heard multiple times. That does not prove an argument, no matter how many examples you have. Yes, you heard me correctly. No number of examples proves an argument. And again, this is a critical thinking discussion. When you understand how to formulate an argument and how to put together, and when I say an argument, I don't mean a confrontation. An argument is just a point of view that you have. That's the definition of argument that I'm using here, not argument like two people going at each other's throats verbally. You want to prove an argument, you need a logical, reasonable basis from which you are making your point, not just Here's an example of this thing happening, and here's 10 more examples of the same thing happening. It does not prove the point. You'll understand that as we get into this. Point number one. Today's topic, once again, is examples do not prove arguments. I got this from a website called thebestschool.org, and they lay out a, they call these logical fallacies, is that phrase. And I like looking at these, I like reading these articles and looking at these examples of logical fallacies, because if any of you have ever been in a conversation with someone and you know they're using one of these that where they kind of make this rationalization or an argument that it sounds like it makes sense, but it actually doesn't. And you'll see it over and over again. Often those are, they fall into the categories of what we call logical fallacies. And there are a few websites that go and explain these. There's one that I like the most. It's called yourlogicalfallacyis.com. So you look up that website, yourlogicalfallacyis.com, and it lists like 20 of the common logical fallacies that people use all the time. 
And when you know what they are, you'll start to recognize them. First of all, when you use them. So you make sure that you stop using them. And secondly, you'll notice them when other people use them and then you can point them out and then you'll have some defense because some of the common talking points that you see people using all the time out here these days are often just logical fallacies that they have heard many times. So they just go out repeating them, even though they don't even make logical sense. Now, again, let's be clear. Sometimes you're talking to people who are more driven by emotion or more driven by the belief in their religion. And some of these ideas that you see out here these days, like BLM and wokeness and social justice, they are more religions than they are logical arguments. So you got to understand when you're talking about somebody who is believing in something based on a religious connection, then it doesn't matter if it doesn't make logical sense because they believe it. It, It's not about logic. It's about belief. So just keep that in mind just in case you try to point out somebody's logical fallacy and they still decide to disagree with you. Anyway, back to this website called thebestschool.org. Quote, a hasty generalization is a claim based on a few examples rather than substantial proof. Let me say that sentence one more time. Still in the middle of the quote. A hasty generalization is a claim based on a few examples rather than substantial proof. Arguments based on hasty generalizations often don't hold up due to a lack of supporting evidence. The claim might be true in one case, but that doesn't mean it's always true. Close quote. Now, we have seen this a lot over the last few years with topics such as wokeness, which I just mentioned, conversations on race, and everybody has an opinion, things that are politics, I mean, government type of politics. And even now with no viruses, and maybe by the time you hear this, that's not a thing anymore, but I think it might still be. People use examples to justify their beliefs. And it's not necessarily that they're wrong, but if they're trying to make a logical argument, often they are wrong because what they're doing is what I just described. There's a logical fallacy called a hasty generalization. A few examples of something does not prove a point. It does not make it actual evidence of something being true. But people do this all the time. Examples, ladies and gentlemen, are not justifications for beliefs. Now, you can believe whatever you want. But if you're trying to make a logical argument, a rational argument for a point, an example does not justify that belief. There are examples are justifications for actions. Yes, you can use an example as a justification for an action, but it is not a justification for a belief. For example, if you're a parent who has two kids, you send your oldest kid to a school and the teachers at that school are just bad teachers. Maybe they discriminate against your child for whatever reason. So you don't like those teachers. You don't like that school. That example of how the teachers treated your oldest child justifies the action of maybe sending your younger child to a different school instead of letting them go through the exact same situation. All right. You see how that example of what you experienced the first time might keep you from doing something else the second time. I'll give you another example. If I go to a restaurant and I don't like the service, I might decide that I'm never going to go there again. So that example, my experience will justify my action or my non-action. And I might even tell some of my friends that place sucks and they might not go either. But there is a caveat to that. And I'll get to that later on in today's episode. But so an example can justify an action, but it does not justify. It doesn't serve as proof that your experience of that situation or someone else's experience of that situation is representative of the entire situation. So if you hear a story of a black man being wrongly arrested by a cop or attacked by a cop or murdered by a cop, even if you have multiple examples of it, that does not represent proof of the argument that cops 
are always out trying to kill black people. All right. The examples, they may justify actions. You might have an action that says, I'm going to sue this cop because of what they did to my uncle or what they did to me. Or I'm going to protest against these cops because of the couple examples of things they did that I don't like. That justifies your action. Yes. But it does not justify the argument that, okay, a cop did something bad to a black person. I have 20 examples. That means every cop does bad things to black people. So we now have to get rid of the cops because they're doing bad things to black people. That does not justify that argument. So there's a line that needs to be drawn there. And again, you must be a rational, critical thinker who is detached from your emotion to even accept everything that I'm saying here today. And unfortunately, we got too many people who are not this, but I'm still going to keep trying. I'm still going to keep fighting the good fight. All right. So we can make sure that we get this message out there. So an example can justify an action. But this does not mean, let's just say, that doesn't mean that the entire school is discriminatory against no females or males, whatever your kid is, or black or white or bilingual or English is their second language or whatever your child is that you think is the reason for the discrimination. That doesn't mean that the whole school is like that. That doesn't mean all the teachers there are like that. Doesn't mean all the students are like that. Maybe it's just something that happened in that one instance. I understand that you don't want to go through it again. You don't want to try going through it again, or you don't want to attempt it happening again. So you decide to go to a different situation. But that does not mean that the whole school is like that just because it happened to you. Even if it happened to three people, it could happen to 10 people. Does not mean the entire school is like that. Everybody follow where I'm at so far. Because if you, you could also ask yourself just to prove it. Are there other people who look like your child, maybe the same gender, maybe the same race, maybe the same age, maybe the same challenges, the same situation who went there and they don't have any problems whatsoever? So how do you reconcile that? All right. So if they're racist, but there's other black kids going there and they don't have a problem, then you can't say the whole school is racist. Now, it doesn't mean that what happened to you didn't happen. It doesn't invalidate what happened to you, but it also does not validate you saying that the entire school is racist because one black person has something bad happen to them. But what about all the other black people there that didn't have anything happen? That doesn't it doesn't make sense for you to say the whole school is racist. Again, this is just an example. And it requires, again, people to detach themselves from their emotions and from their religious beliefs in certain ideologies in order to accept this. I'll give you another example. When I was 19 years old, I got in a car accident in my neighborhood that I grew up in in Philadelphia, my neighborhood of Mount Air. I got in a car accident, a little fender bender with some guy at a gas station. I remember this because he I was trying to make a right hand turn into a gas station. He was trying to speed by me like on the right hand side when there wasn't even it was only a one lane road. But he was trying to speed by and Philly people did that all the time. At least when I was growing up, they would do that. So he's trying to speed by. I'm trying to make a right hand turn. So boom, he hits my right side. Not hard, but he hit it. Knocked the side view mirror off of my car. And then you know, we both pulled into the parking lot of the gas station. So I hopped out the car at the gas station. I was about, I was about to walk over to his car and just ask him for his you no. Know, his registration information and stuff like that. And we could get a police report and because his insurance was going to cover the damage to my vehicle because he's the, it was, he was completely at fault for what had just happened. So as soon as, and this guy, I remember he pulled over and it was two people in the car. He was in the driver's seat, the driver, and there was somebody in the passenger seat. And when I got out of my car and I started walking towards his car, as soon as he saw me get out of my car and start walking towards his car, because he hadn't moved yet, he just sped off and drove away and he left the scene. So this ended up being a hit and run. And my his insurance never got to pay for it because many know who this guy was. He probably was missing one of the big three in Philly. They used to call it the license, insurance, registration. He was probably missing one of those is why he didn't want anything to do with a cop coming over in that situation. So he drove off and I don't even know what ended up happening. I think my insurance ended up having to pay for that, that side view mirror. Now, that is my experience. That absolutely happened. I'm telling you the truth. Now, does this mean that all black people are hit and run drivers? Of course not. That would be a ridiculous idea. But this is what people do all the time. 
They get one experience of something and then they say, well, this is representative. This happens all the time. Or they get two experiences or they get five and they say, well, this represents everything that's happened to everybody. Remember that there are eight billion people on the planet, folks, and the average person knows about 750 to 1,000 people. That's how many people the average person knows. I'm talking about actual real life experience, not the internet. 750 to 1,000 people. So if your experience, I don't care how many examples you have, you don't know enough people for it to be representative of all of humanity. Everybody with me so far? Did I lose anyone yet? Point number two. Today's topic, once again, is examples do not prove arguments. People use examples to prove arguments based on emotions because emotions sway people and bypass logical thought. So this is why I have to spend so much time talking about this, how you have to remove your emotion from a situation to think logically. Emotions are stronger than logic, in case any of you didn't know. So anytime you are making a logical point and the person you're talking to has an emotional point, they will never hear any of your logic. Why? Because emotion is stronger than logic. And this is why critical thinking is at the demand for critical thinking is much higher than the supply right now, simply because so many people have been swayed by emotions because there are certain topics that certain hustlers, really smart hustlers, know that if they keep talking about certain topics, they'll keep people emotionalized, that people don't think rationally about certain topics. See, topics like race, people don't think about that logically. They think about it emotionally. Topics like gender, the gender situation, whatever you want to call it, sexual orientation, whatever the phrase is they're using now. People don't think about those topics in terms of logic. They think about them in terms of emotions. So the hustlers out there, they understand this. They know that if they keep making the same talking points on these emotionalized topics, that no matter how ridiculous they sound to the logical people, to the, all the emotional people out there, they will always sound like they make sense and people will keep paying them and keep buying into their stuff and they will make money from this forever. This is a career for these people. Now, it has nothing to do with the things that they're preaching about, nothing to do with creating any actual change or making anything better. All it has to do with is it's a hustle for them. It's a business opportunity for them to get attention, to make money. And look, they got bills and they've got kids to feed just like you and I do. So this is all a hustle for them. This is a business opportunity for these people. And once you are able to remove yourself from your emotion and actually see things logically, you will understand this. Now, some of you, you just have to get there on your own time. That No amount of logic is ever going to take somebody out of their emotion. You have to do it. You have to choose to do it or something has to happen to you to where you decide to finally do it. So I'm telling you here in point number two, people will use examples to prove arguments based on emotions because emotions sway people and bypass logical thought. Now, when George Floyd got killed in Minneapolis in the summer of 2020, people used that example to build a case for the argument that police officers are terrible to black people and they're out hunting black people every day. And you saw some of your favorite people, prominent people, well-known people, people who you would think are thinking individuals come out and actually say that in so many words, that the police every day or white people every day are out hunting black people and trying to kill us every single day. You heard people actually saying, you heard black people saying this, you even heard white people saying it. White people are out trying to kill Black people every single day. America's terrible to black people. This was an example used to prove an argument. And then if somebody said, well, that's only one person, then what would that person do? They would pull out another example and another example and another example. Examples do not prove arguments. All right, that is the topic of today's episode. And why did people keep doing this? And why was it so persuasive? And why has this idea still held in the minds of many people, despite the fact that there's been plenty of data, logic, plenty of information, logic, plenty of stats, logic, that shows that that emotional argument makes no sense. Why do people still hold on to that argument? Because it's emotional and emotions are stronger than logic. 
Give you an example. As I, I just said it, actually, you're black, so you should be afraid of cops because, listen, the cop might shoot you. And if I say, well, that doesn't make any sense. I'm black and I've been alive for a long time and no cop has ever shot me. And as far as I know, no cop ever pulled a gun on me. And if they did, I didn't see them and I didn't hear them and they didn't say anything. And then clearly they didn't shoot it because I didn't get shot or maybe they shot and I missed. And then what would somebody say? Well, Dre, you're missing the point. Look at all these examples of black people who got shot by cops, because and here's the reason why people do this, even though they might have 20 examples or 30 examples. Listen, there are eight billion people on the planet, 30 out of eight billion. Is that a statistically significant number for which to base an argument on which to base an argument? Of course it's not. But again, emotions are stronger than logic because the visual of getting shot by a cop and the visceral reaction of people seeing someone getting shot or murdered by a police officer is such an emotionally triggering experience. What does that do? I just told you this four times already. It bypasses the logical centers of the brain that would point out the logical fact that a black person is 100 times more likely to be killed by a fellow black person than they are to be killed by a cop. That is a logical statistical fact. If a black person gets murdered and you don't know who did it, you are 100 times more likely to win if you bet that a black person did it than a cop did it. That is statistically true. You can look this up yourself. This, you can just take my word for it. It is a statistical fact. But someone who has already been emotionally swayed by the argument because race is an emotionalized topic and black people in America, anything involving the cops, anything involving white people, anything involving anything that could be labeled as conservatism is already an emotionalized topic for many people, black people and white, that it doesn't matter what logical points you have. They will never hear it simply because their emotions are stronger. Every human being's emotions are stronger than their logic. Just some people have control of their emotions and some people do not. Examples, ladies and gentlemen, are great selling points. If you want to sell something, you know what a great way to sell something is? With examples. You know, an example of an example when somebody's trying to sell something is a testimonial. When you go to somebody's website, they're going to have testimonials up there of people giving examples of their experience with the product or service or offering that that person is selling. When you go to mirrorofmotivation.com to get your free copy of my book, The Mirror of Motivation, or you go to thirddaybook.com to get your free copy of my book, The Third Day, you know what you're going to see on there? You're going to see examples of people telling you their experience with my books. So even though I'm telling you that examples do not prove arguments, all right, I'm going to give you some information here that might hurt my sales. I'm going to tell you right now, just because somebody else had a great experience with my book doesn't mean you're going to have a great experience with my book. But Who's thinking like that? Most people are not. I can tell you this is not going to stop me from selling books because I can get 20 people who read my book to tell you they had a great experience with my book. That doesn't mean you're going to have a great experience with it. Not necessarily on a logical level. It doesn't. But it's a small enough hump that I need to get you over to get make the decision to pay the shipping to get the copy of the book that you don't even have to think like that in order to get the point. So I'm not telling you that using examples of something is a bad thing because I do it myself. I use examples many times. How many times on the show? Do I make a point? And then I say, let me give you an example. Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you something that happened that illustrates this point that I'm making. I do it all the time. Examples do not prove arguments, but examples are good ways to sell an argument. Do you understand the difference? You can sell something that's not true. Now, how many things have we talked about here on this show that people are selling over and over again that are logically incorrect, but they sell it successfully simply because they use examples. Examples are great selling points. But when we're talking critical thinking and proving an argument, that's a whole different thing than making a sale. To make a sale, all you got to do is get somebody to believe something. 
at a certain level. That's it. Past a certain threshold that makes a sale. Doesn't have to be true. You could sell a whole bunch of things to a bunch of people, and it doesn't mean that the thing that you sold is actually a quality product. Again, has any of you ever purchased a product that ended up being a piece of junk? Of course you have. Why? Because it doesn't have to logically make sense for you to make a decision to buy. So we're talking critical thinking here. We're not talking sales. Since most of us know between 750 and 1,000 people remember something, your experience of life plus the experience of your five best friends of life all added together does not equal all of what happens in life because all of you put together don't know even 1% of the population, even if it happened many times. So if you keep, if you're a woman and every man that you date cheats on you, it doesn't mean that all men cheat. That might be more reflection on you than it is of men. Uh, you had the last five men you dated all cheated on you. Doesn't mean that all men cheat. Might mean that you keep dating guys who like to cheat. Or maybe it's something that you're doing that's causing them to want to cheat or feel like they can. Have you considered that? I'm just saying. <laughs> maybe you keep dating the same type of guy. Maybe you're still the same type of person. Further, what about the counterexamples of the exact opposite of what you believe? So anytime you have an example that you feel proves an argument, what about the counterexamples? So you say, here's an example of a black guy getting murdered by a cop. What about an example of a black guy getting helped by a cop? One example of a black guy committing a crime and a cop let him go. What about an example of a black guy getting pulled over by a cop and a cop didn't write him a ticket? What about those examples? Have they happened? Of course they have. And what about the examples of black people murdering other black people? Since you want to talk about what the cops are doing, what about what black people do to each other? I mean, if we're going to give examples, then let's make sure we're being fair and we hand it out all around. See, anytime you're going to use an example to prove a point, you also have to consider the counter examples. Because if there are counter examples to the examples that you're using to prove a point, then does that not invalidate the point that you're trying to make? Does it not at least challenge the point that you're trying to make? Does it make you question the point that you're trying to make? And what happens with the hustlers out here, and it, it's so interesting is the best word I can think of that they're able to do this successfully, is that they just completely ignore the counter examples of their arguments and their examples. And nobody brings it up. Nobody says anything. Hey, what about the counterexample to this? Nobody's bringing that up. People just going to act like that doesn't exist. And they get away with this. But that's why it's a hustle. Because again, when people are emotional, the logical centers of their brains do not work. They are temporarily disabled. What if there is a counterexample for every example that you have? Then what do you do? This usually stumps the person who thinks they know how people are or know how things are. If there's a counterexample to every example that they have, that completely destroys their whole point and their whole argument. What they usually do at that point is just ignore you or they end the conversation or use some form of escapism, a sarcasm, absurd, absolute state, start to experience some form of cognitive dissonance when they realize that the points that they're making are not landing the way that they're used to them landing. I've seen this too many times. Let's move on to point number three. Today's topic, once again, is examples do not prove arguments. Number three, an argument. If you want to prove an argument, here's how you do it. It must be backed up by evidence, data, and it must be able to be backed up logically. You must be able to logically draw a line from your argument to a conclusion, even without examples. Once again, let me say that one more time. If you're making an argument, you back it up with evidence, data, and draw a logical line from your argument to a conclusion even devoid of examples. Now, again, a good argument can be proven without an example. Examples and narrative, what they do is give life to an argument. They give a visual to an argument and they work well with human beings because human beings, all of us are wired to follow and remember narratives, stories. 
This is why people use narrative to, quote unquote, prove arguments to other people who are not critical thinkers and they're able to get away with it sometimes, but not all the time. I'll give you an example. I went to a restaurant and this is something that did actually happen. I went to a restaurant. The manager was an asshole when he was talking. I didn't like the manager. He was a dick. And I decided that I would never go to that restaurant again. And I will not go to that restaurant ever again. Now, does this make that manager an asshole as a human being? No, it doesn't. But he might be a very nice guy. Maybe he was just being an asshole to me. Maybe he was just being an asshole that day. Maybe he was just being an asshole at that moment. Maybe he didn't like the question I was asking him. Who knows why he was doing it? Maybe he saw me on YouTube, didn't like me. And he, that was his chance to get his, get his energy out on me. Who knows why he was being an asshole at that moment? Maybe he doesn't even feel like he was being an asshole. Maybe I was being an asshole and I just projected my energy onto him. Who knows? What I do know is that it justifies my action, which is I'm not going to go back there again, regardless of what the real reason was. Now, does this make its manager an asshole? No. Does it mean that all restaurant managers are assholes or that they don't like black guys? No. But I'm not going to go back there because I didn't like his attitude. So my personal lived experience does not make for the entire picture of that manager as a human, nor does it make for the entire picture of that restaurant or the entire picture of the restaurant industry just because I had that personal experience. And if 30 other people that same day that I didn't like that manager, I guarantee it was at least 30 other people in America who went to a restaurant, didn't like this service that they got from somebody that worked there and decided they'd never go there again. I know I wasn't the only one that had it happen to me that day. Now, does that mean all restaurant managers are assholes? I mean, it happened to 30 of us at the same time. No, it doesn't because there are how many million people, 300 million people in America? How many of them went to a restaurant that day? Probably more than 30. I'm not more than 30. So my experience and the experience of a bunch of us put together does not represent the entire argument or the picture of what this industry is or a certain person or a certain business. But people do this all the time and they use this as they use this as justifying evidence of their arguments. Examples do not prove arguments. The example is enough, again, for me to not go there, but I do not necessarily believe that the manager is a bad guy. So I'll give you another example. As I said, you take an example of, for example, somebody says, well, I saw this thing happen, bad thing happened to a black guy when he was talking to a cop. Well, I say, okay, well, here's some data. I don't need to give you an example of somebody having it happen to them. Let me give you the data of how often black people kill each other in America every single year. It's much more than anything that a cop does. It's much more than anything a white person does. It's much more than anything any other type of person does. What about this data? What about this logical argument that if a black person gets murdered, it's 100 times more likely that they got murdered by a fellow black person than it is they got murdered by a cop? That's a statistical fact that is proven by data. I don't have to give you any examples of somebody getting killed by a black person to, for you to look at the data and see it. It's logically clear. So you see, you can prove a, an argument without any examples. You don't need an example. Now, if I give you an example, it will be easier for you to remember because it's narrative and narrative sticks in the minds of a human being more than just straight up logic and straight up data. This is why you know, we went to school and some of us weren't too good at doing tests because it's just remembering a bunch of facts and information. But if you ask somebody to remember a story, people would do a lot better on tests because it's easier for us to remember a story than it is to remember straight up information. Now, this is why critical thinking, again, is much more demand than there is supply. So understand you can make choices and you will, you already do make choices based on your experience and your point of view. But understand that no one else has to agree with the decisions that you make based on your experiences and your experience does not equal all of life. That's just what happened to you. That's just what you saw. That's just what you know about. And remember, one last thing for everybody to remember, 
There are 8 billion people on the planet. You know less than 1% of 1% of them. So do not make the selfish mistake of believing your experience of life is the experience of how it always is. No, that's just what happens to you. This is what's happening in your life. Doesn't invalidate it. Just understand that what happens to you should not be extrapolated to mean that's what happens to everybody. Let's recap today's class, which is examples do not prove arguments. This is a critical thinking discussion. Point number one, a hasty generalization. That's this logical fallacy of using an example to prove an argument is a claim based on a few examples rather than substantial proof. Arguments based on hasty generalizations often don't hold up due to a lack of supporting evidence. The claim might be true in one case, but that does not mean it is always true. Please listen to that definition over and over again. We see this a lot over the last few years with different topics. Just because something happened to you or somebody you know or 10 people you know does not mean that it always happens. I got in a car accident with a guy. As soon as I got out the car, he drove off. It was a hit and run accident. Does that mean everybody does hit and run accidents in Mount Airy? No, that's ridiculous. But people do this all the time with different topics that are more emotionalized. Point number two, people use examples to prove arguments based on emotions because emotions sway people and they bypass the logical thought centers of the brain. So this is why certain topics that people are emotionally triggered by such as race. These topics have people believing things that are completely illogical, completely irrational, and are not backed up by any form of data or evidence. Yet people get a few examples and they just believe it for the rest of their lives simply because these topics are emotionally charged. Just remember that examples are great selling points. This is why you see testimonials on websites and people are selling things to you. But we're talking about critical thinking here, which is a different level. And most selling does not involve critical thinking, believe it or not. Most of us know between 750 and 1,000 people your and all your friends' experience of life is not all of what happens in such cases, even if it happened a whole bunch of times. Maybe it's just you and it's not the whole world. Point number three, arguments must be backed by evidence, data, and logically backed up, even without any examples whatsoever. If you cannot make an argument and back it up without examples, then it is not a logical argument. You don't have evidence. You don't have data. Evidence and data can speak for themselves. You don't need any examples. Examples and narrative give life to arguments, and that's why they work so well with human beings, simply because humans are more apt to remember a narrative and a story than we are to remember raw information. Then again, this is why critical thinking is so hard to come by these days. You go to a restaurant, the manager's a jerk, and you decide never to go there again. Fine, that is your choice, but it doesn't mean that that manager is a jerk all day. It doesn't mean that's a terrible restaurant. It doesn't mean all managers are assholes. It doesn't mean the restaurant industry is falling apart. It just means that's what happened to you at that point. All right. And this requires a certain level of humility, understanding that what happens to you and what happened to your friends and two of your cousins does not happen to everybody else in the world. And just because it happened to you doesn't mean that's exactly how it is all the time. Yet you can make your choices based on those experiences. Nobody else has to agree with it. And your experience does not equal all of life. Send me a text. You want to get my daily motivation text every single day free of charge. My number is 305-384-6894. If you want to learn how to think critically. You want to learn how to question yourself critically, question your team critically, question the decisions you've been making up to this point so you can get better, logical, evidence-based data that shows that you are moving in a direction that you want to move in and not be living your whole life just off emotion, which is probably not going to last long or take you where you want to go. Then I would suggest you join my Bulletproof Mastermind where I do a live training every single week. You get direct, personalized attention from me and other members of the community. And that's where you get the synergy of the group. You can join by going to workonyourgameuniversity.com. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, 
Just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number, 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone, free of charge, 305-384-6894.